Good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Vine Community Church. Um, we've got a few people that booked and that have not arrived, which is a bit concerning. But if they if they do turn up, it's Lisa and and uh, Lewin probably. Uh, if they do turn up, we'll just stop and wish them happy birthday uh, uh, or even Merry Christmas. Oh, uh, this is my. Last night I had this dream that it was Christmas Day and I stood here and I opened the service with the words from the beginning of Easter Sunday. Uh, I woke up in a cold sweat. It was like, oh dear. Uh, so, so that's the least of my problems. Um, it's great that we can uh, join together. It's good that uh, we are able to fellowship. Um, despite the, the disappointing news um, over the last uh, 24 hours, uh, the importance of of coming together in worship has been recognised yet again by the government. Uh, so we're going to make the most of that. Okay, we're going to make the most of being able to meet in freedom. Uh, because we recognise that, that in other parts of the world, that is not the case. So let's, let's do that. Um, this is the fourth Sunday representing hope, joy and peace. Force of that hope and of peace, and of joy. And it represents Jesus. And we light that candle on Christmas Day. The fourth candle on the outer ring is the one that we're going to light today. And it represents the greatest of all things, because it represents love. And as we light it, we anticipate Christmas, remembering remembering our loving Saviour, how he came once as a baby, that the world through him might be saved, and how he will return in glory. We often get caught up at this time of year in that image of the baby. So I want to read from Zephaniah. Zephaniah 3 says this. The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love he will no longer rebuke you. But will rejoice over you with singing. And how do we know that Jesus came in love and to demonstrate love? Well, we can read in John and in Romans, as the Father has loved me, so I loved you. Now remain in my love. For greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And what does that mean? Well, this is what Jesus told his disciples. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. Scripture reminds us that we love because he first loved us.
Jesus Christ is the true reason for hope, peace, joy, and most of all, love in this season. It's fitting that we talk about love today. It's fitting that we talk about love in a time when we're not going to see some of our loved ones, when many people are not going to be able to go and have the meet, the family meets and greets that they thought they were going to have, and not going to be able to spend time in the places they thought they were going to be. But the love for our loved ones that we have means that we skip one event to enjoy others. The love for our loved ones also means that we mourn the fact that we can't be with them. And today we've got that same issue with some people in the church, Christine and Jess. As we know, Jess was taken into hospital um, yesterday um, and is, is, is quite poorly. Um, so before we move into worship, we're going to pray. And we do that in love. Lord, you, you commanded us to pray for the sick. In fact, you commanded us to heal the sick in your name. So we just raise Jess before you. We ask that your Holy Spirit will just be with her now. As she's starting this journey to know you, we just speak healing over in the name of Jesus. That whatever's whatever's affecting her, Lord, whether it's her, whether it's her diabetes or or something aligned to it, Lord, we just speak against that in the name of Jesus. That she will feel well. That she will be uh, she will recover in a speed that is is not uh, n- not normal for the medical profession to see. Because you are a mighty God, Lord. We love Jess, and we we know that our love for her is minuscule compared to yours. So we ask that you intercede there and bring healing. Jesus' name. You know, we pray in confidence because we serve an amazing God. We serve a God that is a mighty warrior, but we also recognize at this time he comes as a baby. This week our worship turns much more to Christmas hymns, um, but it's still worship. Some of the words in the songs we're going to sing are fantastic at any time of year, but we reserve them for this time. You can do everything you want to worship, except sing. So feel free to stand, feel free to take on a position of worship. Do what you need to do to bring glory to God. The words in that last song of, of um, Born So That Men May No Longer Die is, is, is uh, words that we should uh, reflect on all year, not, not just now. Um, in a moment, we're going to rejoin our, our um, nativity play that we've been, been watching through, and, and we're going to pick up on, on the wise men. Um, before we do that, though, can I just, uh, can I just uh, flag these to you again? 
uh, these hope and uncertain time booklets. Um, I don't know about you, but um, given the last 24 hours, uncertain time has become more uncertain time uh, for a lot of people. Um, so can I just extol those to you? Um, if you want some of those there on the side, um, I think some people could uh, benefit from uh, reading the truths that are in there. Um, we talk about uncertain times. Isn't it great that we serve a certain God? A certain God. Um, so that's, that's good. That we, 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 we serve a God that is the same today as he was yesterday, as he will always be. Let's find out what's happening in um, the latest instalment of The Glory of Christmas. There's a little bit of controversy over my choice to cast Tony as the wise man in our church nativity play because, well, Tony can sometimes be... Yep, that's... That's some good birch. Birch? Why would they use birch? It's not even indigenous to Israel. Did Tony's just a little bit of a know-it-all. Hmm. Did Acacia not even cross your mind? That's probably Birch. Potato salad is of German origin, brought over here by European settlers. You know, fascinating point. The carb load on that is 37 grams. Great for uh, marathon runners. There's no doubt that Tony knows a lot of useless facts, but when he doesn't know something, now, of all the wise men's gifts, myrrh was the most profound. He's used to prepare body for burial. What does real myrrh smell like? Uh, I imagine it has like a lush floral scent. Nah, it's woodsy. Warm, aromatic, musky. Oh, uh, my mom leads the essential oils small group. Hmm. But there's a certain something about Tony, something that he doesn't even see about himself. Put your shoulder into it so it doesn't strip the head. Hey, well done. That's good. Good job. Tony has the kind of heart that understands where the real treasures are, what they are, who they are. And he understands the King of Kings came first as the lowly servant. This baby, this beautiful gift, this the glory of God, the glory of Christmas, who would eventually sacrifice himself for us. For me, well, let's just say, with that kind of knowledge, you can never approach the manger quite the same way again. That's why he's the wise man. 
C.S. Lewis once said that the only thing that can dwell in the presence of God is humility. And with all the things that, that the wise men there may or may not have known, it seems that one thing he did know was his place in the story. And that's what I want to talk about today. Knowing our place in the Christmas story. See, knowing our place in this story is essential to understanding Christmas. The central character in the story of Christmas is named within the season that is cherished by so many people that miss it. The central character, Christ, Jesus Christ, is the centerpiece that the entire story is about. The centerpiece that everything revolves around. The centerpiece that the whole of the Gospels hinge on. The centerpiece that salvation and hope and joy and peace and love is fastened to. Christmas is not about the wise men. It's not about you, it's not about me, it's not about the shops, it's not about our loved ones. It's about one thing. You know, there's so many times that we inadvertently or, or even intentionally live out the story of life as if it revolves around the main character being me or you. So often we go through the world making sure that we're all right, making sure that our loved one's all right, making sure that, that everything's going well for, for the people we, we know. But we forget that we're not the central part of the story of life either. God is. And that is the beauty of Christmas. That annually we get to stop, pause, and reframe what we choose to do and who we choose to put into the central position. Jesus was born as saviour of the world. God cho chose to become incarnate in the form of a completely human, helpless baby and moved into a neighbourhood of planet Earth. He didn't even move into a nice neighbourhood. But he did that as a way of pointing back to the relationship with him. Wisdom, the wisdom of the wise men, is knowing enough to know that they're not and we're not meant to be centre stage in this story of Christmas. The centrepiece of every nativity scene is not the wise man. It's not Mary. It's not Joseph. It's not the shepherds. Even the livestock or the star or even... I don't have one on here, a hovering angel. 
the centre of the nativity scene is always Christ. You know, nobody has a nativity scene displayed where the wise men take focal point. That's because the glory of this story is about who is at the centre, not who is on the periphery. All the people and pieces surrounding Jesus, including the wise men, are there as supporting characters. They're not there as the star. Only a fool would think that the Christmas story is about somebody other than Christ. Christmas is not about Santa or Scrooge or what the Grinch tried to steal. It's not even about Christmas morning services or carol concerts or vying to see whether you can send the nicest card. Those things are fun. They're great to add to the season. But Christmas always has, first and foremost, been about Jesus. The wise men demonstrate a glorious move that we could be well served to remember. And it concerns their place in this story. And it concerns our place. Matthew's Gospel reminds us of this in the second chapter. And we can read, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. After hearing the king, it led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary's mother. And catch this. And fell to their knees. They worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts. Gold, frankincense and myrrh. These wise men stopped what they were doing in their everyday lives. You know, their role in in life wasn't to sit around just waiting to go on a journey to take some presents. They would have had day jobs in inverted commas. But the moment they saw the chance to come and see the Messiah face to face, they reprioritized their time, they reprioritized their energy, and they spent efforts to move from what they were concentrating on before to focusing on reorientating their lives so that they could be close to Jesus. They moved towards worshipping Jesus and offering him gifts in the process. Some of you were joined us on Wednesday night as we did a bit of, bit of fun and we had a bit of a quiz and, and one of the things that was that was just how long that journey was. You know, this wasn't a, oh, there's a star, I'll pop down from Rudgard, I'll, I'll just pop down to, to Lady Mears. You know, it wasn't that sort of journey. This was, this was like walking to, walking to the other side of, of, of Europe. It was a six-month journey, up to six months. You know, that's not light. That's not a, 
oh, I'll pop down to church on Christmas Day. It'll be fine. It'll be fun. This was a life of worship and seeking God. The actions and choices of the wise men demonstrate and remind us of this glorious truth about Christmas. The story is about something else. It's not about them. It's not about us. But it is all about him. It's about Jesus. This is probably the most basic Sunday morning message I've probably given. There's no big theology in this. There's no hidden truths. There's a truth that is blatantly clear. This life is about Jesus and your place and my place with him. The wise men are recorded as bowing down before Jesus in worship and giving gifts to him of gold, frankincense and myrrh. It was not the other way around. The story of Christmas is not about somebody else besides Jesus getting gifts. It's Jesus we choose to honour. It's Jesus we choose to recognise. And it's Jesus we choose to worship and bring gifts to. Really good gifts. The wise men did not re-gift something cheap that they'd been given the Christmas before. Not that there was a Christmas before. You know, they didn't come home from the, the wise men's office party with that secret Santa and go, I have no idea what I'm going to do with a rubber shaped like a four-foot cactus. Okay, that's, that's okay, I'm revealing something here. <laughs> um, they knew their place. They knew how special this was. The wise men probably had all sorts of head knowledge. They probably were experts in their subjects. That's why they got the name wise men. But like the wise men we saw on the video, whose head was full of useless knowledge, that came to nothing when they faced God as a baby. They immediately put that aside and recognised they were not the most important people in the room. just because they could recite pi to 47 places. The most important person in that room, in that nativity scene, was the most helpless, but most promised, most powerful, most amazing baby ever. A baby that would change the course of history. Not just local history, but history forevermore. It's mind-blowing that this Jesus has changed the lives of so many people over the last 2,000 years. It's even more mind-blowing when you realise that that goes on to eternity. You know, sometimes we get the order of our lives through the rest of the year a little bit wrong. We think we deserve to be served. We get frustrated when things don't go our way. We become impatient and even entitled and feel entitled to better service or more focus on our needs. I think I'm just reading my fault list there. Whatever the situation or scenario might be, we feel as if we need to be at the centre. 
But Christmas helps us to stop. And it helps us to remember. We're taught to have the same approach and attitude to the story of our lives as Jesus does in his. To put God at the centre and to see others as more important than ourselves in a humble and genuine manner. Paul would later write about the focus of this in his letter to the Philippian Christ followers. He was drawing on the example of Jesus. He says in Philippians 2, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existed in the form, form of God. Do not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's a beautiful thing to remember that the wise men, what the wise men did at the start of Jesus' life as a new, newborn. What Paul says all people will do in time, bow before him. No matter what we believe about Jesus right now, or where we think we should be situated in this story of our life, in time, every person will find themselves on their knees, face down, worshipping before King Jesus. When we realise the wise thing to do is to do that early and follow, follow the, it's Christy, and follow the lead of the wise men. That is when we start to place Jesus at the centre. That is when it starts to go well for us now and into eternity. So this is my, this is where I'm going to close and move off of centre stage and onto the side or into the background. Well, help, may we serve Jesus by serving others. May we find ourselves on our knees and offering our gifts rather than desiring others to bow their lives, their desires, and their time to serve us. Expecting people to offer us things that we don't really need. Yeah, part of the story of Christmas is that it helps us remember our place in the story. We can be reminded in a fresh way 
this season. How the most famous Bible verse of all time goes. Because this is what it all hangs on. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. This is the root of Christmas. Love. God's love for each one of you. May we remember that God gave his only son. The story of Christmas and the truth of this verse does not say that God gave you or me to the world. It's a glorious thing when we realise we never were intended to be God's gift to the world. When we recognise that we're not God's gift, it takes the pressure off us to perform or try to somehow be something we're not, something that we were never intended to be in God's eyes. A wise person would never be so for God's story. Only a fool would take the spotlight and choose to be in the background where you're meant to be. Choose to be in the right place for you in this story so that you can enjoy Christmas as we find ourselves on the sideline with Jesus at the centre. This Christmas, may we understand that God loved us with an unstoppable love, a love so deep it cost him his son. Jesus, the Messiah, our Saviour. And that was to draw us close to him, to change our eternity. That night in Bethlehem, love came down. That is the focus at the centre of this story. And it doesn't matter whether we see the story, whether it's on a library window, whether it's in the silhouettes on the church windows, or on a Christmas card from a neighbour. When you see that story, when you see that nativity scene, then you have to decide, are you willing to kneel at the manger? That is in that picture. And trust that this is the way that God chose to save us all. And that's my prayer. That we may find ourselves on bended knee before the King as we offer gifts of worship and lives of service. May we be people who constantly seek Jesus and do our best to point others to him as we serve and share what we do. May we know Jesus is the centre of the story. So let's live that out for his glory. Let's tell the story of Christmas with Christ at the centre. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you that 2,000 that, that odd years ago, 
love came down. That 2,000 odd years ago, your son Jesus was born. And that's rocked the world ever since. Lord, we want to we say sorry for the times that we try and step into the place that Jesus should be. Where we try and edge him out for our own needs. And we turn to you, Jesus. And we say, take your rightful place. As we worship you and we honour you. And we recognise you as Lord. And at this time, we pray that, um, that those facets of hope, of love, of peace, of joy will be things that we can take into others' lives. Not to show how good we've got it or what, what it's like to be a Christian in inverted commas, but to, to reveal you as the source of those things. Give us this opportunity, this, this time too speak into others' lives, to tell them they're loved, to tell them they're cared for, to tell them that God did everything for them. Help us to put you at the centre of this story of Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. We have a short service on Christmas Day. We are still allowed to meet under the restrictions, so we are going to do that. Uh, if you are going to be there, make sure you've booked in. Um, if uh, you're not going to be there for, for various reasons, uh, we will we will live cast it uh, so you can catch up later. Um, or you can sit and watch it over a sherry. And I shouldn't say that, because if I say that, you'll do that instead of coming here. Um, <laughs> um, it would be good to see some of you. It'd be great. Let's really make sure this, this over the next few uh, next few days, we, we touch base with our neighbours, both within the church and those around us physically, that, that we, 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 we tell that story of hope. Okay? The nation is losing hope because the things that they hold dear have been removed from, from their lives. Let's point out that Jesus is at the centre of Christmas. And that is where all hope flows from. Until then, may God bless you. May he keep you this week. May you know his presence more every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, we are 